Have you dreamed of bigger things for your life? Then you are in the right place. Each week, you will be given tips on how to change your inner dialogue, conquer your goals, and ways to step into a higher version of yourself. I'm your host, Lauren Kubat. I'm a motivational speaker who hosts personal development events. I'm a sought-after fitness instructor, a wife, and a mom of two young boys. I'm obsessed with all things personal development, and I believe anyone can achieve the life they want. Let the Become Your Vision podcast be the inspiration you need to step into greater things. Now let's go. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in. And from the title, you might not have heard of the Enneagram test. Oh my gosh, you're going to be blown away today. I think you are. And even if you've heard of the Enneagram test, maybe you know your type number, I think you're going to learn so much more. I did. I discovered the Enneagram test about, I don't know, three, four years ago. And I feel out of all like the personality tests or like astrology, I couldn't really get behind those. I didn't really connect with those on any type of level. For this, the Enneagram test, I feel like, I don't know, just speaks to me. It's like it understands who I am as a person. And in doing that and knowing this information, I feel like I can understand myself on a deeper level. I can kind of forgive myself for my natural pitfalls. So I talk about what type I am in a little bit here, and I try to be brief on it. Hopefully, I don't bore you with my type, but I'm a a three, the achiever, and not everything about the achiever I strive to be. Like Some of the pitfalls are I base my worth on my success. I don't like that. I take um, other people's like opinions of me to the heart. I don't like that about myself, but I can understand myself a little bit more and give myself a little bit more grace. I think understanding your type is important and then also being able to understand the people in your life, um, what their type is, it might like free up some animosity or some confusion because you're going to be able to understand them a little bit more. I think this would be a fun test to take around like Christmas time instead of your traditional games. I think everybody can get on their phone and try to figure out what type they are. So I suggest listening to this podcast first, understand what the Enneagram is, we go into detail, and then try to figure out your type on your own, which Kelsey Lincoln, she is the person that I interviewed today, she suggests, and then I think you should take the test. So in order to take the test, you can go to truity.com, T-R-U-I-T-Y, I believe, .com, and take the test. It's probably about, I don't know, seven minutes long. And then um, screenshot your answer because sometimes it doesn't show up in your email. Um, So then you can see if your prediction of what type you are matches up with your, your true type. I think it's also cool if you have a mature child, somebody in their like someone in their um, high school years, teenage years, um, if they take this test and you're a parent, you can understand them a little bit more. If you take this test at your job, obviously you can hear in my voice like, I think this test is pretty cool and I keep saying the word test. Shout out to the person that figures out, okay, the person that figures out how many times I say the word test in that intro will get a five pack of muesli. Okay, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. Test, 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 test. Okay. <laughs> I've recorded this intro probably no less than 10 times. 
I don't know why. I just had a hard time recording this intro. So I am leaving this one. I'm not re-recording it. I'm going with it. But anyway, let me give you a little background on who Kelsey is, Kelsey Lincoln. So she says, after using the Enneagram in my life, I have found so much more joy and freedom through challenging my self-limiting beliefs that I want to help others do the same. I was tired of shame, anxiety, and relational missteps getting in the way of my everyday life and relationships. I wanted more hope, understanding, and awareness in my internal world. We were all made in such unique ways and the world needs us to show up, yet each of us have internal messages that keep us from living into the beauty that makes us who we are. It is my passion for my clients to experience in experience restored relationships with themselves, others, and the world through the tool of the Enneagram. And that's exactly what this test is, is a tool to understand yourself a little bit more, your motivations, and I think you're going to get a lot out of this episode. Before I go into the interview, I want to give a shout out. I haven't done this one in a while, is read the reviews. This one popped up the other day, and I don't know, just warmed my heart. So this one is enjoying this podcast from VR Girl 2000, maybe Virginia Girl 2000. And they write, there's something about this podcast that keeps me coming back for more. It's like having coffee with your bestie. As a mom, Lauren's relatable and inspiring. I fell off the wellness wagon after having my third baby. I love hearing how others juggle health in real life. Well, thank you, VR Girl 2000. I appreciate that. And it means the world to me when you guys leave reviews. It's like, I love to read them and then reread them. It just, it helps me a lot. It helps the show get ranked. And I appreciate you. Okay. Enjoy this episode test. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today I have Kelsey Lincoln to talk about all things Enneagram related. And from an intro, you're like, you might be intrigued by what the Enneagram is. I found out about this test a few years ago on another person's podcast. And I was like, okay, I don't know. I thought it was like another personality test, like astrology or something like woo woo. And I'm like, I'm going to just take it. And I swear by this test. So Kelsey, first of all, (laughs) thank you for being here today. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yes. Okay. So can you explain what the Enneagram test is and like what's it based on and how does it work and if it's how is it different or maybe it's the same as other personality tests there's a lot of questions there but maybe just explain first of all what it is and what it's based on yes yes so it's a personality tool is the way I describe Mm. it um so yes there's an assessment you can take to figure out your type um but it's you know really meant to be used in its um it's breadth of knowledge, right? So it's a tool, um, but it helps us really understand why we think, feel, and behave the way that we do. So it's really getting underneath our motivations for things. Like, why do we make the decisions we make? Um, Why are we behaving the way that we do? Why do we think certain ways and feel certain ways? Um, Kind of those patterns you recognize in yourself, it really gets to the why and motivation behind those things, which is what sets it apart, I would say, from most other personality tests you'll take. A lot of them are kind of more descriptors, right? Describing like why, you know, the, your behaviors or, oh, I really like, I'm more extroverted, I'm more introverted, right? Um, which are super helpful, but this is really getting underneath 
on a deeper level. And so I think that's why it's been so, I would say, popular and also really just helpful for so many people. Um, yeah, and there's nine different types. So if you look at the symbol, which you can, you know, Google, um, there's nine different types um, on a symbol. And each one is the a description of a certain personality type. Mm-hmm. So that when you take the test, you might come out with, I'm a type nine, I'm a type three. And so that is the number of the nine types is your main type. Um, so you actually only have one main type um, that you you can get on a test. And I, I often tell people, you can start with a test. That's great. But a lot of people mistype by just taking a test because a test can't really determine your motivations, let alone like sometimes we take tests based on what we want to be more than like maybe what we really are. Interesting. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I could see what you're saying. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Like, Oh, I really want to be this way. So I'm just going to like test, test that way. Right. Um, Mm. And then, and I really tell people, Hey, read through all the nine types and whatever hits most for you, even if it feels a little icky, like, Ooh, I feel really seen and I don't really want to be that that's honestly usually your type. And there's great things about each type and there's negative traits of each type. Um, so that's kind of how I say self-assess in that way is go through all nine types and really decide which is you. That's so interesting that you said that. And that's a, a unique approach because I never th- thought of it that way. I'm like, take the test and kind of figure out what you are. And it was so funny. I've taken this test like three times. So I'll just <laughs> come out and say, I'm a three on the achiever. Nice. And once I took it, I was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. And then like, I took it like a year later and I still wanted to be like the achiever. And I, I, you know, I answered it honestly, but I'm like, okay, well maybe it just mistyped me. So like I took it and I took it again today. I'm like, I better still be the achiever. I don't know if that's like a trait of it, but, um, it was interesting. And, and each trait has its like pitfalls. Right. And then also, um, Mm -hmm. traits that, you know, are, envious, I guess. And something happened the other day and it kind of puts things in perspective for me because I read your bio and, um, you explained like how it could help you understand yourself. And it's like a way of, you know, um, self-improvement, taking that action of like improving yourself as, as a whole. And, Okay. So I'm going to sound like a complete, like, I don't know, bitch when I'm saying this, but (laughs) I was letting my kids help me decorate the tree. This is like the first year, like they're, they're six and they're um, three. And part of me like wants to do it myself because I'm like, I I have a certain look that I wanted to go for, but then Mm obviously the nurture in me, I'm like, this is such a sweet time. I know there's other moms out there. So, um, sweet time in like our lives where they want to decorate the tree and they want to spend time with me. So I was putting my perfectionist, that's, I guess my second, like my wing aside in order for them, you know, to make it this a special occasion for them because it is special and it's, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's an involvement, you know, of this special occasion. And, but I was like, it took work for me because internally I'm like cringing. Like our tree has like this like red <laughs> theme. And then my son took out a blue ornament and put it right in front. I later put it in the back, but um, I, I was like, then I was doing my test or whatever. And I'm like, I guess that wing of the perfectionist. Um, 
I don't know where I was going with that story, but I, I guess <laughs> I gave myself some grace because I, mm -hmm. that is my natural traits, right. To be a mm -hmm. certain way and understanding that like, that's a natural way, but like manipulating it. Cause I don't always want to be like that. Like in this case, like that doesn't make me proud of feeling right. a certain way about the tree, you know, because when I was a kid, I'm like, I love the tree. My parents were like, have at it. But anyway, yeah. um, I think it's just understanding, um, being able to understand yourself as a whole. Now the test, yes. um, what, it, do you know what it's based on or like how they came up with these certain questions and how they weight the questions? I don't, I really don't understand what goes into test making, honestly, but I would say, um, what they're really trying to do is get past your behavior and get into your motivation. And that is really hard to ask that kind of question because sometimes we don't even know our motivation. So to be able to do that just on a test is hard to like ask that specific question. So, you know, when you're, as you're taking it, I'm sure if you've taken it once too, and you already kind of know about your type, it's very easy to see what they're doing. Yeah. Like I've oh, done yeah. that multiple times. Right. Like, Oh, I know what they're asking now. Um, but I, I mean, that's the best answer I could probably give is just, I think they're really trying to get down to what motivates you versus what you do, you know, okay. um, yeah. if that makes sense. And there's so many tests out there now. Right. So like, I think people are trying cause they've realized a lot of people mistype, which is also why I'm a coach because I can help people do like figure out their type often. Mm -hmm. Um, and also, I mean, I know people who have taken like a year to know their type. I, I alone mistyped twice. So, really? um, yes, before I was like a deep dive into the Enneagram, um, before I did done any of my own learning on it, I thought I was two different numbers before I was my main number. So what are um, you? I'm a six. So six is what? The loyalist. The loyalist. Okay. Yes. Yes. I yes. like to know each type. I, I really only know about my type. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. That's how it starts. That's good. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. So let's go through um, understanding the number that you are. So like, let's say you take the test and then you kind of, you know, play around with it and go through each one and their traits and all that. Uh, can you, let's go through each number, what each number represents, and then like the pros of the number and then the cons of that number. Okay. Okay. Great. It might take a little bit if that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine. Of them. Yeah. Okay. Let's um, start with one. All right. So one is the moral perfectionist. Also, there's like a lot of names out there now. So if you don't like the name I'm giving, then you can Google and there's many names around each type. But the moral perfectionist is, I think, a helpful one because often people are told that ones are perfectionists. And I think what we what we think of when we hear that is, oh, my house is perfect. Everything's organized all the time. And that is true for a lot of ones but not all ones are like that for them. It's very, that perfectionism of right and wrong. Mm -hmm. So I have to do what's right. I can't make mistakes. Um, they're very, you know, driven to be good, be seen as good. So sometimes that looks like, you know, just in the decisions you make, but also it could be like your appearance and making sure um, you're always put together. Like your kids are always put together, that kind of thing. You feel this, they feel a lot of internal pressure to be perfect in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Um also, they're very justice oriented. So it can come out like that, right? They can be, and that's their gift too. They fight for people, they fight for what's right. Um, but often it's what's right to them. So one one could look very different than another one um, in that way. Um, and then they also, 
kind of on the, they have a inner critic, which is different than a lot of other types. So we all can have some sort of inner critical voice, but for a one, they know they're one because it's so loud to them. It often like berates them, kind of bullies them into doing what is right. Sometimes that can serve them, right? Um, but a lot of times it's hard. So they have that internal pressure, like I was saying. Um, so that's type one type. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to give a quick overview yes, of I each love that. type, but you can totally deep dive on your own if you're listening. Um, so the two is a supportive advisor. Sometimes I like to call them the befriender um, mm-hmm. because they're super warm, loving people. People feel super comfortable approaching them. Um, but they have this strong need to be needed or wanted by others. And so they're very motivated by being loved and wanted. Um, on the flip side, they're very fearful of being rejected by others. So often how that plays out is they're very giving and loving. And sometimes they often will give to get, and they don't even know they're doing it. Um, Mm. but it's kind of like, I want to give and serve and love you because I really need to know I, that you feel that way about me in return on the flip side of that. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I want to also say, like, I think this is important too, um, is this is a valid tool, like as an entrepreneur or an employee Mm -hmm. or as a spouse or a parent um, is understanding the types of people that you spend the most time with, because then you can understand them better as a whole and not, you know, I guess, take things too personally and just understand that's a natural trait of theirs to be a certain way. Exactly. Yes. I've seen it be so beneficial in so many relationships. I would say for sure, marriages, friendship, co-working relationships, boss, you know, to employee relationship, because you can judge people based on what they're doing and have way less compassion. But if you understand why they're doing something, it honestly gives you a lot less judgment maybe, or yeah, like you said, just a more understanding of that person as a whole. Um, And so I do say, yes, know your type (laughs) mainly, but also really do try to understand the people in your life's type because it can really help relationships. So yeah, Yeah. let's go to three. Type three. So successful achiever, uh, they're going to be very driven by success, um, being wanting to be admired or valued um, by others. And so they're, they're often stereotyped as a workaholic, um, meaning they just prioritize work probably over a lot of things, but a lot of is, um, I can say is like, they just want to be the best at everything. So maybe you're driven by being like the best mom, you know, it doesn't just have to look like a work, like a career in, you know, finance, right. It can be, um, any sort of work in your life, um, in that way, or maybe you want to be the best at your relationship. So success in a lot of different areas is important to them. Um, and so that makes them very high achieving. They're very afraid of failure on the flip side, um, being seen as incompetent or inefficient. And so often what happens is they put on kind of a like persona that they think people want them to be, or that will be most accepted or admired, but they kind of have a hard time showing their like authentic feelings or authentic self, which is um, on the flip side, just the more, the part they have to work on is being Mm -hmm. able to really lean into like authenticity and not feeling like they have to perform at all times. Yeah. I relate to like all of that too. Cause, and there's so many parts where I'm like, you know, why am I so fearful or failure? Mm -hmm. Why do I seek 
such validation? Yeah. And why do I get so like butthurt if I do fail and I internalize it a lot, you know? So mm-hmm. there's things that I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, there's traits where I'm like, okay, you know, I think that's admirable, but then there are things where I'm like, oh, I don't like that um, yeah. about me because it's so, it's so true. So yeah, yes. let's, let's go on to four. Yes. All right. Type four is going to be the romantic individualist. Um, so they, they're known as the most creative on the Enneagram along with type sevens usually, but um, it's, it could be creative in so many ways, right? It doesn't have to be like just art. Um, it could be, you know, creative and cooking. It could be a lot of different things or just have a more creative mind in general. Um, and so they're really afraid of feeling or appearing inadequate, emotionally cut off, flawed or insignificant and often they feel like they have something wrong with them internally and so they look at others and it produces a lot of envy because they always want like oh I want what that person has there's so much more x y and z than I am and they they often are just very hard on themselves in that way um but they also want to be seen as very unique and special and authentic and that's the beauty of them they're actually the most emotional on the Enneagram in the sense of they feel the highest of joys and the deepest of sadness. And so they're not afraid to show their feelings in any way, um, which is really a gift to others too, but can can get them stuck a lot of times mm. as well. Mm-hmm. So that's fours. Fours. Okay. So five. All right. Fives are the investigative thinker. They're going to be the more most analytical um, on the Enneagram, more the most observant in a lot of ways. Um, very uh, cerebral type. So there'll be a lot of thinking, a lot of observing. Um, they have the, also one of the lower energy levels on the Enneagram. So for them, um, just a lot of social interaction is very difficult. And with all these types, you can be an extrovert or introvert, but I would say like there are some types who very much lean towards one. And I would say this type for sure leans more towards an introvert just because that energy level gets really low at times. Um, they do, they want to be seen as capable and competent. So they're going to be very knowledge driven and gaining a lot of information is really important. Um, and they want to know that their needs are not a problem. So they often don't express that they have needs to others. Um, Mm. and they rely on themselves. So autonomy is also really important to them. Is this like a, um, I don't know, in the very beginning when you were talking about him, like I can see like the artist type and I don't know if the latter part of what you mentioned matches that, but is there any like certain profession that goes with like each one or does typically well in each category? Yeah, I usually give, you know, like a handful of professions or careers, you know, you could go into that would be just natural for this type, but I never like to limit people. Right, right, right. No, you can do anything. Um, But yeah, like, they are such incredible researchers. So like any way that you're, you could research in any sort of job, like they, that would probably be a five, you know, Um, or analyzing data, things like that, spreadsheet kind of stuff. Again, doesn't mean that's all you can do as a type. Um, You can do so many different things. Like I know fives who do a wide variety of things, but again, that would be so natural for them in a lot of ways. I do want to mention too, like mindset politician. I'm like, hell no. But that also said entrepreneur again, like a, a, uh, whatever. Oh, I know most threes are entrepreneurs. So yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I would say like 
and again, anyone can be an entrepreneur, right, you know, right. but, but it is very natural for every, right. Cause they have that confidence and that drive. Um, so there, I would say just to answer that is there are natural careers that would just be, Oh, this is so makes sense for this type. Right. And there are many that people could go into. So maybe too, I don't know what you just said, like is being in a career that you absolutely despise. Maybe uh-huh. part of it is because you're going against the natural traits that, you know, are inherited um, or just in you, I guess. And you're going against the grain and it's like, oh, this is why I hate it because it doesn't cater to the type of person and the needs that I need as an individual. 100%. Yes. Like we'll get to seven, but I have some seven clients who are, who just hate admin, hate being bogged down by details and they're in, and like probably almost every job has to have some sort of that. Right. So you can't really avoid it. No, but like if you're in a job that has mostly that stuff, like that's probably not the job for you. Like you're not going to thrive there. Um, you know, and so yes, the answer is totally is yes. I, I work with people, people a lot who are like, I don't know why I'm having such a hard time. And I'm like, well, this is kind of against a lot of who you naturally are, you know? Yeah. Doesn't mean you can't do it and work through it, but if if you have options and choice, you know, maybe yeah. you do something that serves you, your natural um, personality a little better. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. Type six, this is the loyalist or the loyal guardian. So they're going to be kind of the more anxious on the Enneagram. Any type can have anxiety. Any type can have any sort of actually um, mental illness, all of that, but <clears throat> they're just more naturally anxious prone. So what that looks like is often they'll think of worst case scenarios. So that's just kind of how their mind works. They can weigh a lot of options and it can also be a gift, right? Like if you have someone in your company, who's always managing risk, like you kind of need that. Right. But mm-hmm. it can also be their downfall. And that's true of every type, right? Our shakes can become our liabilities. Um, so they also really strive when they have security, guidance, and support. Um, And that can look like emotional or physical to them. Um, But they really want to know that they're like supported by friends and community and others, because often they have a self-doubt in themselves. And so um, they're also very loyal to their friends, to their community. They're very group oriented. So like what they're often thinking, like what is best for a group of people? And that's, I'm sorry. (laughs) My dog. Um, that's okay. <laughs> so that's type six. Um, type sevens are going to be the entertaining optimists. So they are like stereotypically the like fun party starters, right? Doesn't mean they have to always be that because like I said, with the type five, they're more introverted. The type seven is going to be naturally more extroverted. They're very like people oriented, want to be at the excitement of everything, but they're also afraid of being trapped in pain, being bored. Um, so they're always kind of looking for what's next and they want to be um, fully satisfied. They want to have stimulating experiences at all times. So they're like those busy bodies, those friends who are like, do you want to do this next weekend? And then this, right. They're very yeah. spontaneous, um, but they often feel like an emptiness inside. And so they're, that's why they're doing that. They're feeling this like need to fill their lives up with experiences and fun. Um, to avoid some of the like hard things of life. Mm-hmm. Um, so type A, 
we're getting close. We're getting uh, close. <laughs> productive challenger. So they're going to be probably the most intense personality on the Enneagram. Often stereotyped as like harsh and very blunt. And they can be when they're not doing their best, but also they can be amazing leaders. Um, they're very afraid of being weak or powerless. They want to be in control a lot. Um, and they also really care about their people. So underneath a lot of that hard exterior is this like tender heart that wants to just care for their people and protect them. Um, but that can come out in different ways. That is a little unhealthy, which looks like they can push themselves onto others or kind of run over people to get their way. Um, and, but they're also very justice focused, kind of like that one we were talking about. They really want to do what's right and um, push forward. Again, they make amazing leaders because they often have just like a natural authority to them. Right. Good um, lawyer and look judge, maybe. <laughs> yeah. If they're healthy, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true for all Mentally types, stable. Right? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Last one, type nine is the peaceful mediator. So they are going to be most afraid of conflict and tension. So they're going to be those avoiders of any kind of like hard conversation or conflict that stirs up. They're going to want to leave the room. Um, because they're also very afraid of losing connection with others. So they they often are kind of a people pleaser type um, where they want to kind of like those people who are like, well, let's do whatever you want, you know, because they just never want to stir the pot. Um, on the healthy side of them, they're like the most comfortable people to be around, super accepting, non-judgmental. Um, but they often kind of like, I like to say like fall asleep to themselves. So they don't always think about what are my dreams and passions and wants they're often just kind of like uh, catering to others in a lot of ways. Interesting. So, yes. So, okay. How can we be like multiple numbers? So like I was talking about, I'm just using my example here. I don't know if anybody really cares, but the, the three, and then I guess the sub number was a one. So how does that, I don't know, play into all of this. And when do you say that, when you say that, is it like the second number you tested as? Yes. So I guess like okay. the second biggest number. Yeah. So that just means like you have a high one. It doesn't mean you're like connected to, or this is your type. It just means like, so, okay. Basically all nine types, right? We can have all nine types to a certain level in us, which is what that test is explaining. Okay. Um, But you're actually not connected to one in any way. However, you, you're so, so your main type never changes. You're going to be a three. You're probably born a three your whole life. However, we're connected to other types. So through wings is probably the first example, which is the number to your left and right. So ah. if you're a three, you have a wing of a two or a wing of a four. And you actually can use both of those wings. But I would say most people are dominantly one wing over the other. Okay. So wait, so I took a screenshot. I don't know if you can see it here. What do you mean by left or right? So like the three, you guys can see. Yeah. So, um, those numbers aren't in order, right? No. Uh, one, two, three, four, they are in order. So like, okay. So if you look up the Enneagram symbol, not that, cause that's just kind of like a pie chart, but the symbol, like one, two, three. So I can, if you're one, you can only have a wing of nine or two. If you're a three, ah. you can only have a wing of two or four. So literally the numbers that come before and after your number. Gotcha. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes sense. So if you took this test and I'll just say that when I use truity, 
um.com it was a free one they don't give you yeah the that's the one I recommend okay cool because yeah. I was like is one better than the other they don't give you like the whole I don't know 19 page document but if you want to know like just the first number or whatever um that is a good one and you can also find the information like on other websites of um yes what that uh, type entails um right is it possible for your number to change like over time? No. No, <laughs> really? So, right. So our wings are one influence that kind of help maybe change our number, make us feel like we're a different type, right? But okay. also we're connected to numbers in stress and in growth. So we pull, I like to say pull because you don't become those numbers. We pull from different numbers that we're connected to. So as a three, you're connected to a nine and a six. And mm. you can pull from those numbers when you're in a stressful season, when you're in, you know, having a stressful day, you might act more like one of those numbers. Um, and when you're like doing your best, you're going to also take the healthy attributes of the, both of those numbers. So you, certain numbers will like act like a certain type. So I'll give you mine example. I'm a six. Yeah. I'm connected to three and nine. Okay. So when I'm having a stressful day, I pull a lot from three. So I will become high achieving. I will become more image conscious. I will pull a lot of those things. Like people who met, met me that day might think, oh, she seems like a three, you know, mm. or I could also pull from nine when I'm in, in my healthy state, which is a little more peaceful and less anxious, all these things. So um, I'm more confident in myself and less doubting. And so I'm pulling from the healthy parts of those. I can also pull from the unhealthy parts of those. Does okay. that make sense? So, yeah. So that's, I think why people often feel like they're maybe a different type or not fully their type. And like I said, like if you relate a lot to one, it makes sense because threes and ones are a lot similar. Mm. They have a lot of similarities. Um, and it just means you could have a high one in you. You know, it doesn't mean you become a one because your gotcha. motivations don't change. Even if your behaviors look maybe more perfectionistic at times or whatever, it doesn't mean your motivation for that, which would be more three changes. It totally. Okay. So now sense? I get what you're, yeah. So you're, it comes down to like what you're motivated by. Yes. It's not your behaviors, not your behaviors, and those, but what you're motivated yeah. by. Obviously our behaviors influence our type. We have to analyze them to some extent. Like, why am I doing these things? Right. Right. But, but it all comes down to motivation, which is believed to be in, in us since we were born. Yeah. I'm just kind of, and going those can be this. encouraged or discouraged over time, right? Depending mm. how we grew up, depending who our friend groups are, what our jobs are, all those things. Okay. So this is kind of like this rabbit hole thought that I had when people say like, I'm not motivated. Is that a trait of a particular number or is that just like human nature? <laughs> I have to say both. Yeah. Um, I think there are types who may lean more that way, but type three, who I would say is like one of the most motivated, um, when they're in a stressful season can really become like the opposite. Oh, um, they yeah, can kind 100%. of check out. Yeah. Like it's yeah. almost like a burnout. Like there's been plenty yep. of times where I'm like, exactly. I don't care. I don't feel like doing anything. It's like you're over. 100%. Yeah. Overspent. Um, I also went to try to figure out like, if I can test like my kids and they said like, I guess don't test until you're, I don't know, 18 or older. And they probably just do that as like a, I don't know, a safety thing or whatever. But is it because, do you think it's because like their brain isn't fully 
developed or they haven't, um, they don't have a number yet? Or why do you think they said not to like, I guess, test your kid or maybe the number that is um, chosen if you do test your child, would it not be accurate? Or do you have any information on that? Yeah, I often think it's because their brain is not fully developed and they can't explain to you their motivation and all you're really doing. You could probably get behind some of their motivations for things as like as a parent, but you're also analyzing their behaviors, which are an underdeveloped brain, you know, who are influenced by so many different things who are, who are maybe mirroring you or, you know, your partner in any way or whatever, but like, it, it just depends on, you know, so many factors of what they're, as they're growing and forming, like, what does that mean? But I do think I I often tell parents, like, there are some parents who are like, I know that they're this type, you know, (laughs) I can just tell, like, (laughs) I even see the motivation so clearly or whatever. And I think that is very true um, that you can do that. And I think it's very helpful for parents, especially if you're a different type to understand their kid more. So I often just say, you know, like read through all the types and see who maybe a handful that they could be and kind of like hold them loosely as you, as they grow and form. Um, and as you get to know them and their personality more, but, um, yeah, we just can't fully, I guess, say until they're older and could probably tell you, but I know it to be very helpful for parents who want to parent their kid in a specific way because of how they are motivated, you know? Right. I was thinking about yeah. our six-year-old um, and, but you're, it, it's so true. Like what they're motivated, like he's motivated by candy and like, yeah. <laughs> you know, toys and things like, like that's his motivation. Right. And kids are very influenced, like you said, by their parents, yes. right? They're not really, they're in, you know, they are their own person, but it's like, okay, you know, they're going to go off. Well, mom and dad said that. So they believe everything we say and they, you yes. know, our opinions and things become their thoughts um, at such a young age. But um, so I like, I think maybe for like more of the teenager too, that are like yep. you know, more mature, I think this test would um, be beneficial, but I guess, yeah, for someone who is, you know, a parent to young children, it's probably not the most, but like you said is, going through the the traits and kind of giving them a loose number might be beneficial because they do have different um, attributes and characteristics mm-hmm. that are like, okay, you know, I could see why, why, you know, they respond in, in this way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought yes. that was, that's really interesting. Like I said, like you can do your partner if your partner is like down to take this test. Mm-hmm. Um I think that would be interesting. I think this would be a cool like thing to do like at work if you're, you know, yes. a manager, like, you know, even like an employee suggesting this so you guys can understand um, each other. I think this could be really beneficial. Is there anything else that you would like to add to this that we I didn't ask you or why we might use the Enneagram test or something that we have not covered? I think we covered a lot, but yeah, I would just echo what you just said. I mean, I think the best thing is to incorporate it in so many of your different spheres, you know, whether that's family, your partner, um, friends, uh, work, boss, right? Like you said, it, I've worked with a lot of teams and I've seen it totally revitalize this, a team space when you understand each other so much more, helps with communication, helps with having more compassion for others. It helps with obviously self-growth, right? We don't know 
if we don't know why we're doing the things we're doing, then it's kind of hard to change those patterns. And so when we can, when we can really get underneath those things, we can, we can grow and change inner type and also celebrate why we're wired the way we are and, and what makes us us. So. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for all your insight on this test and um, where can people find you? Yes. So I have a Instagram handle called Enneagram with Kelsey. And um, I post a lot of just information on the Enneagram or um, yeah, different content that you, that you can understand your type better. Um, also, I have a website, EnneagramwithKelsey.com. And there you can find all of my coaching options. If you want to do coaching, I do helping you figure out your type, which is called Discover. So I, I, like I said, the test is a great place to start. But if you're really stuck or you don't think you've landed on your type, I help people work through that, um, through that session. And then I, I also offer Grow, which is a deep dive into your type. And that's through five sessions. And we learn everything there is to know about your type and also kind of coach you to your goals in that way. So. so fun. So if you want a deeper dive into this topic, I highly suggest you reaching out to Kelsey. If you like this episode, if you learn anything, please tag us, screenshot this episode, um, tag Kelsey and myself. Our Instagram handles will be in the show notes. And as always, I just have deep gratitude for all the reviews. I appreciate them so much. It really helps the show get out. It really helps my guests, their message get out, uh, get ranked on Apple and Spotify. So if you can do that, I'd be forever grateful and hope you love this. And remember, you've got this. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you love this episode, make sure you are subscribed so you know when more episodes come available. My goal is to inspire others to become their vision and one way to get the word out is with reviews. I would really appreciate it if you left an honest review on iTunes and it would mean so much to me. Thanks again and remember to go after the life you want. Bye guys. Bye guys.